You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about our organization aspirations. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I have a love note to overalls. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. I haven't had overalls in years and years, but... I found some amazing overalls at a yard sale Mm -hmm. Mm, sometime in the spring. They're green cotton with a lighter green pattern over the top, and they're massively comfortable. And I just ordered a pair of denim overalls from The Gap on Mega Sale, and I am just loving that fashion option in my life. Mm. I feel like I should be incorporating this as well. (laughs) Please do. It's delightful. What's new with you, Sarah? As you know, Neil and I had planned a trip away together that has been years in my imagining, (laughs) right? And was coming to fruition next month. Well, about a week ago, I got a text from our Airbnb host saying that the rains have been so terrible and they've had awful storms and a tree fell on the tiny house that we had rented for the week. It's like, no, which I know is much more of a headache for the host than it is for me. Sure. Still a headache for me. <laughs> <laughs> I really do not love that searching for places, comparing right. options. And then now that we're just a few weeks away from going, there's so many fewer options and they're more expensive. So that felt really frustrating that I was so proud of myself for just looking and booking something and checking it off the list and then needing to uncheck it. And then recheck it. But we got fully refunded. I did find another place that was somewhat comparable in price. And the bright side that I am focusing on is that I think in some ways this will be even better than the original one. The original one was a little bit further out of town Mm, in mm -hmm. beautiful woods that you're looking out over. But this one will be walking distance to a ton of restaurants, which I plan on No cooking happening while we are there. Mm -hmm. So being where we can just walk seems so appealing instead of having to get in the car every time. So all's well that ends well, but it was not my favorite thing that happened last week. Yeah. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently listened to Colty by Mariana Zapata. This is a romance about Saul Casillas, who's a professional soccer player, and her new coach and retired soccer star, Reiner Colty. Mm -hmm. This is solid romance. I really like Saul's character arc, as shown by how she thinks about and prioritizes herself and her soccer career, Mm -hmm. and how that changes through the book. I also really like the setting, which was Houston, Texas. There were some good side discussions of food. (laughs) That I always like to hear about, especially when it comes to Texas. So that was really good. I will say that this is a very slow burn romance, and the beginning was almost too slow for me. I feel like there could have been three or four fewer chapters of the slow burn at the beginning. And I was just kind of like, let's accelerate this. We all see where Mm -hmm. this is going. Can it please move forward? But once I got to the end, I liked it so well that I gave it five stars on Goodreads, so (laughs) I would recommend it. And I also really liked that this was sports romance, and both Mm -hmm. of them are soccer stars, but really she is the sports star rather than the Mm -hmm. man being the sports star. I feel like other sports romance Mm -hmm. that I've read, it has been him. Right. More often, 
So I liked that aspect of it as well. Yeah, it sounds great. I have not read a lot of sports romances, but I love feel-good sports stories and I love romances, so it feels like something I should be exploring more. Mm -hmm. I was also listening at the tail end of the Olympics, so it was Mm, nice to have the Olympics going and also to have this sports book romance vibe happening in my listening life. (laughs) Love it. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dahlia Harris. This book is about Nella Rogers, who is a Black woman working as an assistant at a large New York publishing company. She is the only person of color working there until Hazel, another assistant, arrives. Weird things start happening, and then you spend the rest of the book trying to figure out who is behind it and what each character's motivations are. Hmm. There was a lot of great commentary about the whiteness of the literary world, who gets things promoted, who's making those choices, and also what it is like to be the only person of color in a workplace. In terms of what I didn't like, I feel like I need to sort through exactly how I felt about the book. I left it a little unsure. It was incredibly compelling, and I wanted to keep going to figure out these mysteries within the book and to know what was happening. But it turned out to be a little more science fiction-y than I expected. Hmm. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. Science fiction is not my favorite genre. And going into a book that I'm expecting to be realistic fiction that Mm -hmm. turns out that there's a science fiction twist, I think it was hard for me to make that adjustment. I wonder if I knew that going in if... I wouldn't have had such mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being unprepared for something like science fiction or magical realism Mm -hmm. really turns me off of books as well. I would recommend it. It was a great read, incisive social commentary, and I'm looking forward to discussing it with my book club in a few months because there's a lot there to think about and talk about. Let's move into our topic for today, which is organization. What is your organizational style or tendencies, both now and as you were growing up? I am pretty on top of things, and I have been pretty much throughout my life. Mm -hmm. But I will say lately, I have found myself slipping as I've gotten older, as my life has become more complex. The truth is, it's really easy to stay on top of things when you have fewer things to stay on top of. (laughs) (laughs) True. If I had to sum up my organizational style, it would be get shit done often at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Sounds accurate. (laughs) What about you? I swing back and forth between being very organized and then wildly disheveled. (laughs) Once things get too far on the disorganized side, I'll pull it together, set myself on a good path, and stay there for a while until I inevitably fall off, live in the chaos for a while. Then I become re-inspired and start the cycle over again. (laughs) And this has been true my entire life. Even when I am disorganized, I feel like I still do a relatively good job of keeping all the balls in the air. I can keep a lot of information in my head. So even if I don't have a great physical system, I still feel on top of our life. Though that ability seems to be lessening as I age. Especially the (laughs) last couple of years, I have seen a noticeable decline in my ability to keep it all in my mind Mm -hmm. and I felt more of a need to use these other supports Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything is getting done that needs to be. 
And I think that has felt especially true this last month. This is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this because I feel like I need some organization (laughs) inspiration in my life right now because of keeping track of school, a new work schedule that's still in flux, everything going on with Neil's work, the kids. Luckily, we have no activities. That's nice. Their schedule is pretty straightforward. But Mm -hmm. it still has just felt like a lot more to manage and that I really need to get some systems in place to help prevent such a steep slide when I'm moving into the disorganized phase of my life. Maybe some gentler swings of the pendulum rather than wild (laughs) swings. Yes, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) What areas do you find the easiest to keep organized in your life? I usually am very on top of things for the kids. Their school schedules, doctor and dentist appointments extracurriculars, and friend and social time for them. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is by necessity. They rely on us for everything pertaining to the organization of their lives. So it feels very front burner to me. Mm -hmm. I'm also good at prioritizing scheduling and organization of social events and vacations and trips to Mm -hmm. see people, probably because they are very rewarding to me as an extrovert. Yeah, that makes sense. Hearing you say that you feel on top of things with your kids made me reflect on whether I find that to be true in my Mm. life. And on the one hand, I would say yes, but I only feel that I'm on top of it because we've been so deliberate in not having there be very much to be on top of. Mm -hmm. We don't do a lot of the extracurriculars, and that has made it easier. I wonder how that might change as they get older and have more stuff happening outside of school, Hmm. preferably when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We don't have many extracurricular activities either, especially Pepper doesn't have any. He goes to school and comes home. His extracurriculars Mm -hmm. are playing with his sister and going to the park. (laughs) Yes. But Plum does have a couple things One that hasn't started yet, and one that is ongoing on Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it has felt reasonable to have two things. You know, when I'm thinking about it, I have heard people talk before about having one activity per child in the family at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think policies like that may be helpful organizationally going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like those make a lot of sense when I hear them, but it's also so dependent on the child's personality Mm -hmm. and what actually is too much for them or for you as a family unit. Right. My kids have not expressed a lot of interest in pursuing outside activities. I think they really value the free time that they have, especially when we're in school. And I'm not sad about that at this point in our lives. Love it. What are easy areas for you to keep organized, Sarah? Everything having to do with our finances. I really love keeping track of our money and our spending. I would find it so stressful not to know exactly what was happening and when things were coming in and out of accounts. And I enjoy doing that. So it's something I like to spend time making sure that it is highly organized. Another thing that comes fairly easily is calendar dates and having a mental picture of what is happening when. In my mind, I can see the immediate weeks and how the schedule looks. This is not true of Neil, and one thing I have learned in our relationship is to just have a calendar out 
when we're Mm -hmm. talking because while I have a lot of that in my head, he does not share that same mental picture and we don't have a lot of productive conversations unless we can both be looking at it. So that has been good to know. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Do you have a photographic memory for other things or is that the main thing? Mm, I think that, but also things like if I were to be reading a textbook, I would know exactly on what part of the page Mm. a specific thing was. And I think of things in that way. Hmm. But I don't know that I've ever characterized myself as having a photographic memory. But I do think certain visual things come easily to me. Hmm. So interesting. On the flip side, what areas are the hardest for you to keep organized in your life? School earlier this summer was a real struggle for me. As we talked about, I think it's hard to get back into something. So part of it was that. Mm -hmm. But also it was really tough because some assignments and assessments were online while some were in person. Lectures were online and all the assessments for lecture were online on a predictable Mm -hmm. schedule. But lab was in person. But then there were lab assessments that happened at the end of each week. And then there were sometimes exams in person and sometimes exams online. It just felt really tricky. I did not figure it out until more than halfway through the course. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know how that will look this semester. It's a little different because I'm going in person to lecture and lab now. Mm -hmm. But assessments and things are still online. Right. I am hopeful that this episode will be helpful in getting me thinking about some of the ways to make that work. Yes. But this summer, I definitely just flat out did not turn in assignments in the first month Mm -hmm. because I didn't have the due dates in my head or in a calendar anywhere. And so I lost points. That only happened twice, but still it's sort of like these are easy open book homework assignments that I would have gotten full credit on. (laughs) I just got a zero because I didn't turn them in. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll be easier with only one class this semester as well. Yes, totally. I also do not have my own medical records in any kind of reliable Mm. order or place. Mm -hmm. And I figured this out when I had to submit my vaccination records to go Uh back to school. I ended up requesting my entire medical record from my care provider in North Carolina. Pages and pages and pages of my medical record did not have my (laughs) vaccines. (laughs) Uh-huh. And then I figured out that I was able to log into the patient portal at Vanderbilt from when I was seen at the student health center there in graduate school, which I graduated from in 2015, so years and years ago. Thank goodness that was even still an option because I did eventually find my vaccine records there. Success. <laughs> what is hard for you organizationally, Sarah? All of our physical stuff. We have done so much decluttering over the years that I don't feel like the problem is that we have too much. We just do not have good storage systems in place. I've recently been watching episodes of the home edit while folding laundry, where these two women and their whole team go in and organize a space during a day and make it look so beautiful. It's very lovely, very inspirational. But watching that... Their big thing is creating these systems, often by purchasing a lot of containers and labels and using that to organize a space, Mm -hmm. which is not really my style. I do not want to spend money on plastic boxes for our stuff, but I can see how we really do lack that structure to keep our stuff organized. We are 
very, very slowly making progress on plans for redoing the addition of our house. And a big component of that is going to be having better storage that we will be able to keep organized. Neil and I have gone back and forth on this because he'll say, oh, I don't think we need that much. And I just keep saying, I think we need more so that there is some breathing room within our storage spaces. Because having the bare minimum amount is not working for us. And I think having that little bit extra doesn't mean we're going to suddenly buy a ton of stuff to fill it up. It just means we'll be able to better access it and know where everything actually goes. Mm -hmm. And having it built in to a plan for a change like that seems like that will be a really nice fresh start. Mm -hmm. I hope so. That is the goal. How would you describe the different organizational styles of your other family members? Andrew is supremely organized and drives the ship in two areas. Our family's big picture finances, he's very on top of, it's awesome, and the running of his lab, which is Mm -hmm. his work. The rest of our shared life is primarily organized by me with input from him sometimes, which is a very classic situation of one spouse doing much more emotional labor than the other. Mm -hmm. We have not addressed that lately. In our marriage, we've had sort of different evolutions of that over the past 13 years that we've been married. Mm -hmm. I am sure that a reckoning of that sort is coming as our lives change with the kids in school and me making a career change. So stay tuned. We shall see what that looks like (laughs) going forward. We have also been having a lot of conversations in that area, and I think it is just so tricky to know how to offload the things that are in my brain and Mm -hmm. that I have been the person keeping track of. It's hard to even know how to transfer all of the knowledge that has been built up and to make that more equitable. And I think a big hurdle for me has been feeling like that's more work for me too. It's Mm -hmm. more work for me to transfer this knowledge than it is for me to keep doing it. But then I also want to transfer that knowledge. Like what you're describing, one thing that has been helping has been me working more and Mm -hmm. having less time. And Neil's job is the more flexible one right now where he can work from home and stay with the kids Mm -hmm. where I need to be at work. And so some of that over this last month has been naturally moving in that direction. But Mm -hmm. we are also having lots of conversations along those lines as well. Yeah. My sister-in-law gave me a book and a deck of cards called Fair Play for Christmas Mm -hmm. this year because that's something that had really worked for her and sort of sorting out all of the different physical, Mm -hmm. emotional, logistical labor things in her marriage. But I haven't tried it yet because, like you're saying, it feels like a lot to even start to parse out what it is that I'm keeping track of in my brain Mm -hmm. to then be able to download it somewhere else. I'm with you. And in terms of my kids, I have no idea what sort of organizational styles will emerge from them. If I had to guess, I would guess Plum will grow up to be a hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And Pepper will throw sand everywhere, but who can say (laughs) for sure? A little hard to tell at this point. Yep. In our family, Neil is also very organized in his work life, at least from what I can tell, and is moderately organized around our home. 
I think he wishes that things were better organized. I am really used to the pendulum swinging back and forth between organization and not because that is the way I have been my whole life. Mm -hmm. Where he grew up in a home that was very organized, I really admire my in-laws for how organized their physical spaces and their lives in general. They are very on top of things. Mm -hmm. So I think that the times our life is very disorganized in terms of the physical environment feels perhaps more stressful to Neil. It's also stressful to me because that's what pushes me back in the other direction. Mm -hmm. But I think he really wishes that maybe it was more consistently (laughs) one way. (laughs) That said, he is also a contributor to the disheveled nature of our physical environment. It is not just the rest of us. We are mm-hmm. we are all active participants in that disorganization for sure. The kids don't seem to care about their environment the same way that I do. I really do prefer when our house is organized, even if I cannot seem to consistently prioritize that. We're all working to clean up our stuff in the evenings after dinner, and that is going okay. Most of it just ends up piled on the dressers in their rooms, trying to just let that go. Because as a kid, I would have a really horribly messy room and then spend one entire day cleaning, organizing, and rearranging. And then, as you can see, pattern continues. (laughs) I have not yet seen one of my children be inspired to spend a Saturday cleaning and organizing (laughs) their room. So we will see if that develops. E is definitely a collector of all of the things, mostly random stuff she finds on the street on the way to and from school. Some people would call it trash. She does not. (laughs) But she doesn't seem to have an interest in keeping that organized or keeping track of it. Lots of it does migrate its way to the trash. Thanks to me. (laughs) Yes. Does she get upset if she catches you trashing things? Oh, yeah. She would not like that. But also, I just think if you've left this out in the house, not in your room for days, I'm just not convinced that this is that special to you. Yeah. And we tell Plum that to you. I say, mm-hmm. if it's something you want to keep, it needs to go upstairs with you at the end of the day. Yes. I did not say this about Andrew, but he is very good at spearheading that evening pickup. Mm-hmm situation. That's another thing that he takes the lead on in our family. Nice. So I should give credit where it's due. But if Plum figures out that a precious drawing that got left out made it into the recycle bin, I have to bury the things that oh, recycle yes. I under. Do that too. Mm-hmm. All the seltzer cans that are in there. <laughs> HP is not as much of a collector of random items, but he does not seem to have an innate desire to keep things organized. For example, if you were to look in his backpack midway through the year, it would not strike you (laughs) as someone who's taking a lot of care with that. I remember when I went through his backpack sometime in the summer, going through things, I found many things. I was like, hmm, this might have been nice for (laughs) you to pass on to me before the summer. I am hoping that they develop some of those skills as they move through school and Not worrying about it too much, especially because I'm still working to cultivate some of those skills in myself. So I don't know that I'm the best person to be criticizing anyone else's organizational capacity. What are your organizational goals at the moment? My most immediate one is not to miss assignments in the Mm -hmm. one class I'm taking this semester. I never seem to have that sort of trouble with work, missing assignments. I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's because I've been doing it long enough. 
but the school one feels like a much more pressing aspiration these days. Mm -hmm. And then sort of a longer term goal is to move toward more of that sharing of the load of the family related organization with my spouse, but also bringing the children into that responsibility for the things that they care about and want to be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. My number one goal is to get back to regularly using my planner. I'm really good about using the monthly calendar page to Mm. put all of the things into that. And I rely on that very heavily. Using the daily pages, I kind of come and go. But I do feel a lot of benefit when I am able to just spend a few minutes writing down what needs to happen for that day, writing down things I don't want to forget, and just feeling like I have a little more clarity instead of just jumping into the day. And so I would like to get back into doing that. I think as a family, we would benefit from getting a big whiteboard calendar with the Mm. dates written out for everyone to see, especially now that we are a family of all readers. Mm -hmm. And so the kids could also have this visual reminder and visual look at what was coming. I've mentioned a couple of tools that I am hoping to use to keep myself organized. Do you have any tools that are already part of your everyday life in this area? I did what is called a tough love self-care challenge led by this woman, Margaret Mason Tate, at the beginning of the year in this challenge, which you can participate in again. They're sort of ongoing, (laughs) the challenges. She encourages the use of a book. So a blank book, like a journal or, I mean, a calendar would work, but like a bullet journal. Yeah, pretty much. So you basically write down everything that you need to remember. I don't Mm -hmm. usually use it for dates. But I do use it for to-do lists, grocery lists, other things I need to remember, Mm -hmm. things that I'll want to refer back to, things like my class schedule and where it is. I wrote it down in there so that I would have it and know. The idea is basically just to get things out of your brain that you would normally have to keep in your brain and keep track of so that it puts less pressure on your capacity to mm-hmm. remember other things. And I have found that to be really helpful and have used it pretty consistently since the beginning of the year for to-do lists and things like that. And for instance, in the last week of my summer semester, when I had a lot of tests, I wanted to keep track of when I needed to take them all by. And so I just wrote a list of that, which is really good. I really love that idea. For me, I have never successfully used a paper calendar mm-hmm. because I'm not wanting to write something every day. So the flexibility of just a blank book really works for me. I feel like that's also nice for when you're going back and forth between using it and not. Mm-hmm. Or when you have a planner with the dates, yeah, you feel a little months. guilt-inducing <laughs> when you see how many pages you're not using. Where if you're just using it when you're using it, then it's much less wasteful. Yeah. And I got a little half-size moleskin that's not mm-hmm. a full paper but is really easy to just stick in a purse and have with me. And that has been helpful in using it and having it around too. Nice. The other tool that I use most often, mostly for scheduling work calls and other bigger events, is iCal, which is on my computer and syncs to my phone. Mm-hmm. I don't put the work deadlines in iCal. Those I keep in my head. But I do put on things like interviews with people and then get a 15-minute reminder beforehand. Mm -hmm. I have also tried using iCal for school, which I did with some success this summer, but sometimes then it starts to look too crowded. So then I just ignore it. Mm. So 
for me, it's kind of a fine line of feeling annoyed by there being so much stuff on the calendar and finding it a useful memory tool. Right. Andrew and I also have a shared Google Calendar that's linked to my iCal, and that's where we put things like trips, Mm -hmm. birthday parties the whole family is invited to, things that he and I both need to be aware of so that I'm not responsible for telling him those dates all the time. Mm -hmm. We also use Google Calendar. Neil's work calendar syncs to that, and then Mm -hmm. now with the position that I'm in at work, My schedule can also sync with that, so that's been really nice. I mostly use that when I am looking to schedule something and then Mm. pulling it up to see when Neil and I are both free and finding those gaps. I don't use it in terms of looking at what's ahead for the week. It's more of a tool I turn to when I need it, and then I use my paper planner for what's happening right now. And then in terms of organization of space, I feel like I often turn to organizational podcasts or audiobooks or other things that inspire me to want to keep our house clean and picked up and put together. And that's always really nice to turn to when I am feeling that need to turn things around. That is our conversation about organization. Listeners, we would love to hear your organizational tips. (laughs) So you can tell we could happily use some friendly (laughs) advice. Uh Uh-huh. Let's end by sharing what we've been eating lately. I'll start by sharing something I've been drinking lately. I discovered these when I was at my parents' house. They are called Spindrift. Have you heard Mm -hmm. of these? Yes. They are seltzer with fruit juice of some kind in We've had the lime and then the raspberry lime. Mm -hmm. They're not super sweet and they don't have caffeine because it's just seltzer and juice. I really do not like LaCroix and other things in that vein. It tastes way too chemically for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan where these do not have that chemical taste and I really enjoy them. And it's nice if I don't want caffeine because, you know, I also love the mini Cokes when Mm -hmm. I'm wanting something fizzy, but I don't want to drink that in the afternoon. Right. And now that it's been so hot, a big glass of ice with one of these really hits the spot. Mm. Yes. I also really enjoy Spindrift, though I like LaCroix and Polar Seltzer and those other flavored seltzers. I like a lot of those as well. But I feel like the Spindrift is like the ultimate luxury Mm -hmm. seltzer. Mm -hmm. It's elevated. (laughs) What have you been eating? We have been eating baked potatoes in the Instant Pot, which I've talked about before, but I have some Mm -hmm. new toppings to share. I bought the pork barbecue from Trader Joe's, which is already made. It's in the refrigerated section, and I Mm -hmm. just warm it in a pot on the stove. And then the extra thing is roasted okra from our garden. Our okra is going Mm -hmm. crazy. It's the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. It's the time for okra. I keep forgetting to go and look for okra every day and ending up with Mm, okra the size of my hand. Yes. (laughs) It can get very woody very quickly. Yes. The ones the size of my hand, I do not recommend eating because it (laughs) tastes like chewing bark. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But if I catch them small enough, it's really perfect to chop them, put them in the toaster oven with just olive oil and salt, and then sprinkle them over the top of the barbecue baked potato with cheese, sour cream, butter, barbecue. Mm -hmm. And then the okra does a little extra crunch. It's really yum. It is not a combination I would have thought of, but it sounds great. 
it is. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Still have a child home because COVID tests are taking like four days to get back. So he's just, just still, still here with us. Let's end by sharing what we've been eating lately. I don't have anything. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, I wonder if it's in her head and we just don't. We're going to be, it's a surprise even for me.